This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we tackle health tips and the impact of national policies with expert guests. I'm Joyce Teo and my co-host is Ernest Lewis. Our special guest today is Dr. Lim Boon Leng, a psychiatrist at Glen Eagles Medical Centre. He's here to tell us more about burnout and how to avoid this. So, uh, hi Dr. Lim. Hello. So, Dr. Lim, the WHO um, classifies it as a, an occupational phenomenon, right? So, people tend to think of it as workplace stress. But what about the stress that children actually experience, like yeah. student burnout? I think burnt out is most commonly recognised in the occupational arena. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I think if you look at the criteria, feelings of exhaustion, mental distancing, reduction in efficiency or efficacy. It can happen in very stressed out school children too. Mm-hmm. And indeed, I think the phenomenon of burned out is not unique to jobs. It is happening and it does happen in students. So there's no major study on burnout in Singapore yet, but you're seeing children as young as? Well, I would say that we see children as young as 10, 11 years old having burned out. They are overly stressed, mm-hmm. overwhelmed with the amount of homework they have. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, you know, sometimes the expectations from school, from themselves, from their parents can be immense. So what are the signs that the children exhibit before their parents take them in actually? By the time they see me, of course, as a psychiatrist, I, mm. I would say that usually it would be a little bit more severe. Mm. So by the time they see me, sometimes they, have, they are experiencing anxiety attacks, they are feeling jittery in school, they get palpitations, sometimes wow. they get nauseated, mm. they have abdominal pain. And many a times, of course, there can be school refusal, not wanting to go to school. The more extreme of cases that we've seen, of course, is that when the child himself and become suicidal, very mm-hmm. depressed, they can't sleep, they can't eat. So really going into a state of depression, oh, it can be that severe. Yeah, that's really serious. But before all that happens, I mean, at what stage, what kind of signs should we look out for? I would say that early signs can include things like just sleepless nights throwing a bit more tantrums, sometimes trying to avoid doing homework, trying to avoid going to school, sometimes with complaints of headaches, stomach aches. So these are early Mm -hmm. signs that the child may be already experiencing too much of stress. Mm -hmm. And often a very important telling sign would be that you start to see that their functioning or their schoolwork starts to suffer. Oh, right. So that's like over a period of maybe a few months? It can be. Usually it is insidious and gradual, so Mm -hmm. it can be over a few months or even a year or so. But sometimes it can deteriorate quite quickly over weeks if uh, there is a sudden immense stress Mm -hmm. or some important exams that's coming by like the PSLE. So just in the same way an adult would feel similar stresses and expectations of society and bosses and all that, the difference is here that all this is experienced in the same way, but it's in the body of a 10-year-old. Precisely, and the mind of a 10-year-old as well, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, at least as adults, we have the maturity and sometimes the resources to cry for help. But sometimes for children, they may not recognize that they're in trouble. They may be afraid to cry for help because, you know, sometimes adults may not even believe them. It's like, how Mm -hmm. can you even get sad or how can you even have a burnout as a child? Yeah, and the difference is that at the workplace, you have colleagues and bosses who then are able to have uh, human resource avenues to deal with your stress and burnout. But at the children's level, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure whether there is, right? Fortunately, I think in the community, in places like family service centres, there are plenty of services available for children in trouble. And I think schools are getting very aware of this problem. So I would say that teachers these days are quite efficient and they're quite good at picking up students in trouble. There are also counselling services available in schools as well. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Health Check on Apple's podcast or Google podcast or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Dr. Lim Boon Ling, 
He's a psychiatrist at Gleneagles Medical Centre. So, Dr. Lim, how do you, in the case of student burnout, what are the main parties that need to be involved straight away? Is it the parent, the teacher, maybe a school counsellor? How do they manage the, especially the extreme cases, the ones that are on the verge, like having the panic attacks and all that? How do you manage those first? Sometimes you do take them out of the stressful situation straight away. So a period of rest, having medical leave at home can be useful. But we're always aware that you know keeping them away from school too long may sometimes then lead to further school refusal down the road. So it's a bit of a balance. That's the first thing we do. And we will first off address the stress with the student himself. Right. Definitely next, we will engage the parents. And often, sad to say, parental expectations, lack of parental support is often major causes of adult in children. So getting mm-hmm. them engaged and to help along in the process is pretty important. We often will also highlight or alert the situation to school. And if there's a counsellor that has been working alongside the students, then of course, you know, we work together as a team. So for the students that you have mentioned, that they are at the early stages, possible road down to burnout, but early stages. How important is, uh, say, communication there? Communication yeah. is definitely a very important avenue. Why, what do I mean? Because, you know, sometimes the students may feel that they're stuck, they have no choice, that they may misinterpret the expectations from teachers and school and parents. But mm-hmm. an open communication style, letting them ventilate about our problems definitely help a lot. Allowing them to even cry and to talk about it in itself is very, very useful, is cathartic. And oftentimes when they clarify, maybe with the parents and their teachers, indeed the expectations that they have on themselves may be quite generated by themselves. And if they see that the parents are actually okay for them to not do so well or not to be perfect or even to fail and to retry, I think that is very liberating for them. So in the cases that you've seen, um, the stress, right? Does it come from the children? Do they put the stress on themselves or is it the parents? I will put it this way, that many of us, because of the way our culture is, Parents, school, society alike, you know, we do inculcate a certain level of expectations into the child and as they grow up, they start to have that kind of mentality within themselves. Mm-hmm. And often when parents themselves, they see that there's a problem and they sort of like take a step back or they back off, the mm-hmm. students themselves are unable to do so. They still maintain that high expectations of themselves. Really? So, okay, are they aware they are stressed? I would say that a majority of students are aware that they're stressed, but I think the problem really is they do have a fear of putting up their hand and to say, that they are. I mean, often I've interviewed some school kids before in the course of stories for the newspapers and all that, and sometimes the way they tell you, they describe to you the things that they have to do in a homework, it feels almost like a full-time job. Oh, definitely. I yeah. think I'm a big critic of this. You know, our children mm. don't have time to eat well and they don't even have time to sleep sometimes, much less to play. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, uh, it's no longer that carefree kind of lifestyle that we expect children to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is pretty stressful. So as you mentioned, periods where the child and the parent can talk it out, freely talk it out, voice out, they've con- and even maybe silence where the parents actually just listen, mm-hmm. right? More listen. Those are crucial. I think you're completely right. Before parents start to give their commands or mm-hmm. give their two cents worth, it's mm-hmm. very important to first listen to the concerns of the children because as adults, we often jump to certain conclusions. We think we know best, but sometimes there may be certain other factors, hidden truths that the child has not come forth with. There could be bullying in school. Maybe it's not due to academic stress. Uh, there could be other factors, uh, right. even relationship problems, right? So I think it's important to first listen. Right. So 
What's the common scenarios that you've seen in cases that you see at your clinic? Well, of course, you know, given the fact that I run a psychiatric clinic, mm-hmm. I think I do often see the more difficult end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So that may not be representative. But commonly, when a child is overly stressed and has developed low mood, poor sleep, poor appetite, loss of motivation, fatigue, and uh, even suicidal thoughts, that's when parents do bring them. So it is a worrying trend. We do see quite a number of students coming with suicidal tendencies. So medically speaking, because, correct me if I'm wrong, there's imbalances in your brain, especially when you've gone to the extreme end. You might be lacking certain chemicals. That's where you need the medicine. What about children? Is it the same as well? Yes, uh, for children as well, they can lapse into clinical depression. And here, the chemical, of course, that we are talking about is serotonin. And in the more extreme cases or in the more severe cases, we do start treatment with antidepressants to modulate or to normalize this serotonin levels in the brain. Okay, so this medicine will then help them achieve more cognitive balance, right? Yep. So I often like so to they use... won't be so irrational. Mm-hmm. I often like to use this uh, example. The opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is vitality. So with the normalization of the chemical, we do see the vitality coming back, the rationality, the ability to make decisions coming back. Doctor, do you have any tips for parents on how to prevent this student burnout? Again, it is the simple things in life that we need to be aware of. First off, I think our students need to rest. Mm -hmm. They need to have adequate rest. They need to have time on the weekends to play. They need to have variety of activities, not just academic or schoolwork a hobby or even another skill somewhere else in terms of other, be it an instrument or art or things like that, right? So that they can bring their mind off the stress. And of course, eating well, sleeping well. These are all important things that I think we tend to neglect. Right. Exercising does help a lot with stress as well. So encouraging the child to exercise is mm-hmm. important. And ultimately, I think we have to relook into our expectations. There are children that can excel and there are children with different types of skill sets and talents and we need to let them blossom in their own right. Right. So in the more serious cases that you see, right, like what are the mistakes that the parents make then? Perhaps you know, asking for like a score of 90 or something like that. Well, I don't even think it's a score of 90. I think in the mm. Asian context, you know, you come home with 99%, then your <laughs> mom will be asking what happened to the one mark. And I think it's that kind of mentality and expectations that often cue all of us. And hopefully when they do take up the piano to relax over the weekend, they are also not driven to high expectations <laughs> and expected to become the second lang lang or something. All right, precisely. It's more to <laughs> let them relax and have fun. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check. Thank you, Dr. Lim. So we hope you like this latest healthy living tips. Do subscribe to Health Check on Apple's podcast or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times and The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.